Hi, I'm John Bomarito from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti, a place that if you're a local musician or a podcaster or a DJ, local being Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Detroit, uh, you should look this place up. It is a cool place to practice and not annoy your neighbors and uh, get out of the garage and get into the studio is one of their little mottos. Check, uh, check out the website. Just search for Grove Studios and you'll find out uh, what I already know about this place. That It's a super cool place, 24-7 operation. You can... Uh, be in here anytime you want. Just need the keypad that uh, you pay for, keypad code that you pay for. And uh, I've been happy to be doing the podcast thanks to the encouragement of the people who own this place. I probably wouldn't be doing it if it weren't for them. Uh, special thanks to Rick, who's uh, been very helpful along the way, uh, making even the title screens for the podcast. And uh, without their encouragement, again, this is not happening. So I've been doing this for a year and a half now, and mostly I've done people I've met before. And this time it's a friend of a friend. Jesse Terry is here to join me. Hello, Jesse. Hello. Good Hello. to finally meet you. Yeah, great. Great to meet you. You're in town today. This is not going to air today, but for a show at uh, the Trinity House, a great venue that I've been to a number of times. Yes. Yeah. And uh, many of our mutual musical friends have played there and the other venues that you tend to play around town, like 20 Front Street or Seven Steps Up, those kinds of Michigan venues that are listening room environments. On the circuit. Right. So yeah. that, as I was uh, kind of explaining... Um, the mutual friend thing. You're, you're like the third person that I know that was a Berkeley school person. Seth Clear has been here. Liz Longley has been here and you oh, as great. well. So um, I, before we get into digging into your career and getting to, to know a little bit more about you, I think we should start with one of your songs so people can go, oh yeah, I want to stick around for this. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> what would sure. you like to start with? Um, let's see, maybe I'll do, uh, as, I, as I told you before, I don't have a set list. No, I no. Just, I just have a song list and just go with the... Think about what comes to the, mind as the... This is the song that catches the people the most. Maybe that's Go with the start. vibe today. Yeah. I'll do a song about... This is like about about touring and the and the, the painting, the tapestry that you create as you tour and, and meet folks. It's called Hanging the Stars. Ten nights more, ten times to be reborn, and ten rooms with dead bull doors. And lately I feel like hiding, but the lights draw me in to paint a canvas all over again, and meet a stranger who knows where I've been. And baby, it feels like flying as we're. Hanging the stars, hanging the stars. Feels like we're hanging the stars, one by one, one by one. Hanging the stars. Gotta rest my eyes. Don't wanna see double on 95. Don't worry if we're making good time. Even if the sky feels infinite and empty Need some more coffee and gasoline To figure out what it all means And how we can feel so helpless As we're hanging the stars Hanging the stars Feels like we're hanging the stars One by one one by one, hanging the stars. Maybe it's enough if you can change one heart in this world. Maybe it's enough. 
Maybe it's enough Hanging in the stars Hanging in the stars Feels like we're hanging in the stars One by one One by one Hanging in the stars Feels like we're hanging in the stars Feels like we're hanging in the stars One by one One by one one by one, one by one, hanging stars. Jesse Terry's my guest today on Acoustic Alternatives, Hanging the Stars, and it's a song that is on which album? That's on uh, When We Wander, which the latest not in front uh, of uh, original album. <laughs> which might yeah. be over there in that case. It's, it's around here somewhere, <laughs> yeah. In the case or in the trunk? In the trunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll, well, it'll get added to the collection before the day is done, for oh, sure. Thanks, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about me. young Jesse Terry, the young man. Where did you grow up? Young Jesse, I, I grew up in New England. Um, I was born in a little town called Wilton, Connecticut. And, um, yeah, and, and kind of around 12 or 13... Um, I, one day I just woke up and was very angry. Like I just said, it was just like my head exploded. Uh -oh. And uh, I, I got I, I got into a lot of trouble at school and got sent away to reform school and all kinds of programs and different things. I was a runaway for a little while. All these things that kind of, uh, you know, shaped me as a songwriter, hmm. inspired me to be a songwriter, I think. You seem like such a calm and nice person. That doesn't strike me as the, <laughs> like, what would have been you, I don't know how old you are, but 20 years ago, we'll say. Yeah, 12, I was like, yeah, 12, 13 is kind of when I, I started, you know, having to go away and, and going through different things. Um, it's kind of like a James Taylor origin story as well, <laughs> which makes me feel better, you know. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, also going through those things, you're you're able to decide, you have to decide which which road you want to take and how you want your life to to be, you know, and uh, there, there's a, a line in my in my song Stargazer that says, uh, "You are free now to pick your universe," you know. And I feel like it took me like I realized that early on, but it took me like 20 years to like put it into a song. <laughs> <laughs> so before you became, I mean, that could have been hormones, that could have been environment, whatever, whatever caused you to become. It was more my family. Sure. It was definitely my upbringing. Okay. You know, my parents. Like I love my parents, but they definitely had things to figure out. Um, you know, when I was younger. And they, they figured most of it out in my 20s. <laughs> and they were both musicians, right? Yeah, especially my... Well, yeah, they were both musicians. My mom was an artist as well. My dad's still a full-time producer, musician, you know, does tons of things. Right? Another Berkeley guy. Uh, what's your dad's name? Michael Terry. Okay. Don't, yeah. know, don't know his work. Yeah, he's, he's done all kinds of things. I mean, he was an artist. He had um, number one hits in, in Canada as an artist. He had, you know, but he did... Film scoring, production. It was he's really a talented guy. Would you say he encouraged or discouraged you from following that path? I think at first I was very discouraged because I didn't want to be. I think like a lot of kids, you don't want to be just like your parents, you know. So I I went to art school, and I I was very very involved in painting and fine art as a as a young kid and in my adolescence, and then um was going to art school around 18 or 19 when my my mom lent me her old uh 70s yamaha <laughs> and i started like i because I, I had an injury i think i had a broken leg or something and i started playing this guitar and and i started writing songs and it was just like man like this this outlet like this expression is like 
even stronger than what painting was for me, hmm. you know? And I just left art school and did everything I could to get into Berkeley. So prior to picking up uh, a guitar or even you said before we started talking with the recording on, you said you played the drums too. Yes, yeah. Did you yeah. have like hobbies? Like did you play baseball with your neighborhood friends? Did you like... Yeah. What kind of stuff I, did you do that wasn't I music? I love sports. I loved um, snowboarding. I loved skateboarding. I, I, I was a skater kid okay. for most of high school, you know. Um, and I still love music. My dad would, you know, when I was in high school and stuff, he would he would create tracks for me to, to like, sing over. Really? Yeah. So I really liked it. I, and I, um, I just didn't realize, like, what kind of an outlet it was because I don't think, you know, the, the outlet of singing is one thing. But the outlet of creating something from nothing is a whole other thing, and that that will keep me engaged and excited, you know, for the rest of my life. What were your favorite like bands and TV shows in that era of your life? Like what that also forms, I think, who we are too. Like high school or, or yeah, I mean, that's earlier. Um, yeah, I love the Beatles, but I, I loved I loved Led Zeppelin, I loved Hendrix, I loved. Um, you know, more in, later on in high school, you know, Rage Against the Machine and Jane's Addiction, and um, but I love classical music. I love I love the Beach Boys. Love Brian Wilson. I feel like there was a lot of things that that shaped shaped me. Well, I'm yeah. glad that you are shaped. Yeah. <laughs> so besides still being shaped, still but being yeah, shaped. but but yeah, work in progress. So yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a work in progress. It is Jesse Terry. Always. Uh, so guitar yeah. and drums. Any other instruments in your your canon of things you know how to play? No, just lots of, I mean, I have lots of six-string instruments like guitar. I, I have a guitar kind of banjo with me. I've got, I've got my white falcon and my electric, but I, I love piano. I just haven't, I haven't gotten to it yet, you know? There's time. Yeah, there's still time. You're still here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so at some point, you were, besides singing along the tracks your dad created, you must, must have started writing your own songs. Do you remember what your first song was about? Yeah, it was called... Um, <laughs> It was called a farmer's plight. I'll never forget That's that title. You know, what I mean, it wasn't like you know, come back to me, baby, or you know, I was <laughs> I was definitely very, very interested in. I was also at that time when I was learning how to play. I was super into Dar Williams, who I'm I'm opening up for later this year, which nice. is wild. You know, um, I was I, I loved folk music. You know, cry, 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 and yeah. Gorka and and Sean Colvin and and all these people. I was very very. Um, excited by people that could just go out on the road with a guitar troubadours you know who could just go out with a guitar and and um and captivate captivate an audience you know and 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 keep them spellbound I've, i'm still very very um you know excited by that notion that's a you good know? thing because that's kind of what you do it's kind of what i do yeah yeah and it's still i mean it's it's such a great challenge i forget what the question was uh, what inspired the first song Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably listening to that kind of music, you know, that li listening to that troubadour music that was so rich in imagery and emotion, and and uh, you know, I, I think the song was probably a, a pretty depressing, but <laughs> I think the hook was like a farmer's plate is like my own, you know, I'm waiting for the rain to come, you know, something like of that nature. But it was like it was a start that people said, "Wow, that's your that's your first song. That, like that's not bad, and it's a pretty good, it's a pretty cool melody and pretty cool." you know harmony maybe you need to dig it out and uh, put it as a patreon exclusive <laughs> patreon yeah. exclusive it's coming soon yeah 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 Farmer's all right so yeah. that's that was your first song what your most recent song what was your inspiration for that one most recent song that you've written wow so this 
I'll tell you, it's real personal, but that's oh. what songs are. It's not, I haven't shared it with anyone yet. Oh, sorry. It's called, um, no, 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 it's great. That's what I, I, I really open up on podcasts, especially too, I find, <laughs> um, especially with people I feel comfortable with. But um, yeah, it's called, um, it's called Weep No More Warrior. And it's, it's inspired by my wife, who's, who's just a uh, IVF warrior and has been kind of a really fearless in this, in our pursuit to have children. You know, we have a beautiful baby girl now and, and, uh, and hopefully more, hopefully another, you know, um, coming up. So, but I, I'm just so grateful to her cause she's, she's, uh, she's such a strong person. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily, she's such a gentle person. So the fact that she is willing to stick these giant needles into her, her butt, you know, like <laughs> to help us and to, and to go through that, I mean, much more than that. That's, that's the easy part. The, the hard part is the roller coaster and having loss and, and having hope and then not having hope and then the financial part of it. So um, I wrote that song for her. Aww. Yeah, and it's not, one of my favorites. And you don't know it well enough yet to play I it. I don't remember it. I have the lyrics somewhere <laughs> in, my, uh, in my backpack. It's like a challenging one too, but I, I can't wait to bring these songs out. Something to look forward to. Especially when we have like good news and we, you know, I can say, hey, this is... A song about my forthcoming... Exactly. Arrival. Yes, yeah. My new arrival is also my new song. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So also in regards to songwriting, when you listen to music that you don't write, what catches you first? Would it be lyrics or melody or the voice? Like, yeah, that's a good question. Um, gosh, it's hard for me to separate. It's hard for me to separate those ones because, okay. you know, a, a great lyric to me without melody, some, without a great melody sometimes can work, but not really. Usually you miss it. Yeah, and, and, and vice versa. Like if it's this beautiful melody, but it's the worst lyrics, I also can't I can't really get into it, you know, usually. As a wedding um, DJ, I've heard lots of songs that have no meaning whatsoever, but I play them all the time. Right, right, right. People right. love them. Like, this has nothing. I mean, it's, there's yeah. no substance to it, but okay, whatever, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, and some of those songs, I should say, I mean, I'm thinking of like Lionel Richie right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, they're great songs, you know? Um so I, I guess if, if it had to be one or the other, I would I would probably, melody can carry something. And a great voice can carry, like there's there's people that, you know, you say can sing the phone book and right. they can. Yeah, I, I have know? those artists that pretty much everything they put out, I'm going to pay attention to just because it's them. And the, right. voice, the voice is going to be yeah. amazing. And then I start picking apart like, okay, that is a great hook, a great melody. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, wow, and the, the, the maybe even though lyrics are very important to me, it might be the third thing I notice because if I'm right. not paying attention to the song in the first place, I do yeah. a lot of like active and passive listening. Passive is yeah. when I'm doing stuff at my desk and I'm sure. listening to music, and then driving, that's the active, like, I'm paying very close attention to what's happening when I'm driving. Right. The car is in front of me, but also yes. the music itself. So you spend a lot of time in the car, yes. driving from work to work to work, because that's yeah. what you do. You drive, and then you play your guitar for a couple of hours. Like truck drivers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just figured you probably have a, a, a different way of consuming it than most people would, because you spend a lot of time doing it. Unless you listen to podcasts while you're yeah. driving. I don't know. I listen to all kinds. I listen to audiobooks and, and lots of music, and... And comedy too. Like sometimes, like things get so heavy, and then I'm just like, oh man, I just need to listen to some some silly stuff right now, you know. Or, or phone phone calls are great. I still like talking on the phone, huh. but I found I'm like one of the last people in like 
the you know, the planet that enjoys talking on the phone. So <laughs> I like talking. I'd rather do that than text back and forth. If we're gonna have a conversation oh, that good. any substance, yeah. let's just talk to each other. Yeah, texting is my I hate texting. You lose the tone. Yeah, there's no tone. You sometimes people misinterpret your. No, that's not what I meant. Yeah, can you just talk to me? Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Please? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, how did you go from being a local talent, which I imagine all musicians kind of start up playing the local circuit, to being a nationally touring artist? What was the step that you took? Like, was right, there, yeah. There a, was there a song that got popular for you? That um, no, no, not at first. Um, I had a writing deal out of college in Nashville, so I wrote I wrote on Music Row, and then um, and then that company closed in in the big recession in two thousand nine, and I had a chance to kind of take stock and and. Um, I took a cover gig on a cruise ship where I met my wife, hmm. and um, for five months I was out at sea in the South Pacific. It was, it was beautiful, um, and I was able to book a tour mainly of house concerts just all across America. You know, I lived out of the car with my wife, and we got married first, and then and then toured, and and um, and that's how it happened for me. Like just just playing music, just get getting better, connecting to people authentically, and and then just like. You know, and then along the way, things would happen. I'd have a song on a, a TV show that would, you know, get me through the year. I'd have, um, I'd get into a big festival, or you know, it's and it's still, it's still like that. You know, we probably have pockets of places you've played, but you you have to go there first to build an audience, right? Right, so. and that's the toughest part because no one, no one comes out if they don't know you. So. House concerts help with that. Um, yeah, because you know, if the host believes in you, yes, yeah, come on out. Really, you're gonna love this, right? You might have 30, 40 people there that you can really try to give a special experience to. You know, be really prepared for that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, or opening for a big artist can help. You know, although you don't always get that at every market. So, um, but yeah, beautiful things just come out of that. Like, um, I, I've got a children's book coming out next year on a on a publisher. You're and, ahead of me. But yes, yeah, yeah, oh, that, and, and, yeah. I mean, but that came from just writing a song about my daughter and just recording it, and like, yeah. I feel like these things just happen. That's great, you know. Yeah. So when you are playing some of these shows where you're okay, most of these people don't know me, but the host does, and that's why they brought me. What song usually catches people? And, oh, and I don't know. Them, they don't come up to you after the show. Well, I, I that song about my daughter, if I were the moon, does. Like Stargazer does. Stargazer elicit, elicits a real wide reaction of some people thinking it's about death, some people thinking it's about God, some people thinking about it's about believing in themselves, you know. And and uh, I love that. I love the songs that do that. And Noise does that for people. So I, I definitely have some that I feel like are 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 good and and you know are usually in my set every night. I believe you as, virtually just gave an intro to do Stargazer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Door I could open, do that. play it. Please. I could do that. Yeah, if you could. Jesse yeah. Terry here on Acoustic Alternatives from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. Go on, stargazer, don't ever shield your eyes. Desert your fortress, you don't belong inside. Go on, stargazer, I know it seems so far. Drown out their voices, you're not who they say you are. 
And I know your time is coming soon, coming soon. And no one can keep you here, keep you here but you. Go on, stargazer, peer through the cosmic dust And you belong out there, you weren't born to rust Go on, stargazer, I know how much it hurts But you are free now to pick your universe And I know your time is coming soon, coming soon And no one can keep you On this particular album that I'm holding in my hand, Natural, he is joined by one of his heroes, Star Williams, joined yes, on, on the version yeah. of that song. Yeah. And uh, this is actually my starting point. I know it's not your first album, but this is my starting point. Awesome. Thanks, thanks to Liz Longley singing Mr. Blue Sky with you. Yeah, that was, was like, fun. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I love a really good, I have a, a special feature I used to do when I had a radio show, and then I carried it over into my video play, and it's called Radical Revisions. Yeah. And that is a radical revision of Mr. Blue Sky. It's like, it takes you a second yeah. to figure out what song it is. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I do yeah, know this song. That was fun. I didn't really enjoy that, especially with Liz, which well, is heavenly. Yes, pretty much. So if you're looking for a starting point in your Jesse Terry collection, this is where I started. He might have a different starting point for you, but um, certainly an excellent an excellent place to begin. And how did you get you to, to work with, with Dar? She's so sweet to me whenever I see her. She's always very nice to me. Yeah, she's so kind. I mean, um, my producer had played uh, some guitar and pedal steel for her. The, the producer who made, who made Natural and um, and Stargazer, which we made back-to-back. -back. Like, that's Natural is very stripped down, as you know. And Stargazer was this, you know, big string section, you know, Beatles, Jeff Lynn-inspired <laughs> record that I loved making. I loved making both of them. And, um, yeah, so Josh just texted Dar, I think, with, like, a, a work tape and, um, and asked her and said, you know, no promises. And she just wrote right back and said, yes, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to. And... And um, she was just so kind and so generous. Like, 
I mean, she kind of replied in a way that was like, people have been so good to me and I want to keep that, I want to keep that going for the next generation of artists and songwriters. I thought that was so inspiring. I'll, I never forget that because, you know, when I, when I get to where I want to go as, as far as the journey to get, you know, you know, uh, you want to get bigger and bigger and, and play, you know, reach more people. Like it just, it just reminds me that I always need to remember about that. You know, I, I can't wait to be in a place where I can help more young right. you know young artists be kind of them along the way because you got it yeah yeah Karma. it's just part of the whole circle yeah absolutely. but not everybody follows it and and dar does yeah well this jumps a little bit to something i'm, I'm like going out of order just because it fits in now that i've heard the song yeah. we talked briefly about the children's book deal like that song could be reworked for a children's album i mean it doesn't it's not necessarily like lyrical content Stargazer? yeah yeah, like a if, lullabies it, album. It feels like a lullaby. It really yeah. does feel like something that would be good on a lullabies album. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that someday. I might have to just retool some lyrics to make it a little bit more. Like, yeah. It's not that it's inappropriate, but. Yeah, totally. Hmm, it just has that right Who feel knows that maybe that's my next uh, children's book. <laughs> children's book into an album of children's <laughs> it'd be, songs. It'd be I mean. easier, easier to make the children's books when you have the songs, you know? You yeah. have to write the lyrics for the, the, the words from the start. So I guess I'll just stay in there because I. Again, conversation-wise, I had it going in an order, but that's okay. There's no order. We're yeah. just talking here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, we briefly talked about how you and your met wife. You, you, you yeah. met your wife on a cruise ship, and mm-hmm. then you started touring the country together after you got married. Yep. Um, classic love story. It's a pretty classic love story. <laughs> but when you added another job of father to your resume and her a mother to her resume as well, how did that impact your career in general? In a really great way. I mean, Lily... Um, Lily came out on the road at like eight weeks mm. and um my wife was um she's she's very very like especially because I told you before with the IVF and stuff like she's super cautious and she's um and she's just, you know Lily is a, both to us is to both of us it's just so she almost like doesn't feel real you know still is like it's unbelievable um but Jess felt great about bringing Lily out and just being she thought it was so important that the family, is together as much as possible. And Lily was great. She was at all the shows before COVID. She did, mm. you know, international tours. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been to New Zealand several times because that, that's where my wife's from. Uh, yeah, so it didn't, it, it impacted my career in a, in a great way and then inspired these songs that, you know, just the, the whole process of becoming a father and a parent, like inspired so many songs, including the one for her, which led us to getting a book deal, so. You just never know. Like, I'll have to be thanking her for that, you know, for the rest of her life, you know. Tell me a little bit more about the book and the book deal, if you can, if you're allowed to talk about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't show you the cover. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking. <laughs> it's out um, next year on Schiffer Publishing, a, a publisher out of Pennsylvania in, like, late March. Um, and it it was just wonderful. I had a friend who, who connected me to the publisher, and she loved it. And, I mean, it's just – it's – it's a real. I know how special experience it is to get a book deal out of the gate. Like I was fully prepared to self-publish this thing, mm. um, but it was it was really a gift to be able to, um, you know, during such dark, challenging times of the pandemic and all kinds of stuff that I don't need to mention that we all know about. It was it was such a gift to like you know talk with this painter who who did watercolors for the art, you know, and 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 director on like which animal lily should bring up to the moon you know what i mean and and different things like that i just i love the whole experience because again it's just 
it's creating something out of out of nothing and hopefully something really beautiful. What's the gist of the book if we didn't already talk about that? Yeah, like this I mean the song is just about wanting to, you know, protect your child and wanting them to to, to believe in themselves and see the world but also make sure they're always guarded and um not that not that they're guarded but yeah. that they're taken care of protected. and uh protected. Yeah, so so that's the theme that runs through the book, which I think is a really good one for kids to, to have. Yeah. Your wife's name is Jess? Yes. Jessica? Yes. What does she do when she's not being a mother? What does she like to do as far as like work or? Yeah, she she's a, um, well, she, she was a professional photographer and then graphic designer. And then she started working for a marketing agency. So she works remote. Um, they do a lot of wine tastings and stuff like that. You just need to go places with good internet connection. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which okay, is sometimes the car, and um, yeah, it's it's been really cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, your touring has taken you places like Bonnaroo, which is cool. Yeah, that's cool. Americana Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are some of your highlights of touring? Um, Maybe those too. I don't know. Those were those. You picked a couple good ones. Um, yeah, all the all the festivals and different people I've been able to play with, and um, Thirty Eight Songwriters Festival is one I've loved because I've gotten to play there probably seven times now and and you know when i'm not playing my set i get to go hear brandy carlisle or jason isbell or, oh, or I'm so sorry or you know or, or kim ritchie one of what <laughs> some of you know and yeah. that's on my it's just a wonderful um experience um but yeah i i sometimes people ask me about that best gig and it's hard for me to do that one too because there's just been so many I, I think that the international tours have been really special to me you know, because I love history and I love the fact that that music takes me to these amazing places to meet people that I never would have met. How about the tour with your dad? How did that sit into the canon of things you've done? Like, was that really <laughs> uh, cool or was that difficult? I'll have to. We should get my dad in here for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it was it was very special um, for sure. It was very special. I think we're very different. Um, but actually, I should say my dad and I are, are like very alike which can be the most frustrating thing in the world. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but he's my best friend, oh. and uh, he's very talented. And But he's at a place where he's just, he's still working, but he doesn't he doesn't want to tour anymore, you know? And he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to do that whole grind. <laughs> and um, I, I personally love it. I think it's great. You know, it's great to get home. I can't wait to get home in a few days, but as long as you take care of yourself out here and have a good time, I, I, I enjoy the drives. I enjoy the... I enjoy hotels, even sometimes cheap hotels, you know? Not a lot of musicians get to do that, though, tour with their parents. And that, obviously there's more. Yeah. There's there's examples of famous musicians and their kids who have become musicians, like, you know, A.J. Croce is the son of Jim Croce. A.J.'s still out there touring. Right. Uh, ben Taylor, I haven't seen much lately, but James is son. Yeah, I was wondering about him. Yeah, I, just yeah. examples like that. But uh, for you, that I he's still actively alive. You know, yeah. Not that James and Ben couldn't tour together. They certainly could. But a yeah. lot of those are like people that we've lost along the way. Right. Um, so I would just imagine if you're both in the same <laughs> field of work, that would be kind of a cool thing. It is. Yeah. And the harmony was, was great. I bet. Yeah. In the years I've done studio interviews and radio and not so much here because we don't have as much space here, yeah, that kind of harmony that is always the best is family harmony. And always. I, I love Simon and Garfunkel. That's where harmony really starts for me. Yeah. But... Yeah, there's something about family harmony. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I tried to put my finger on it. Like, what is Everly it? Everly Brothers, and I mean, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, there's. I love the uh, Cactus Blossoms too. Yeah, they're good. Great harmony for sure. Yeah. If you had a 
an ideal tour, somebody you would go out on the road with, whether it's a co-headlining or getting to open for somebody that you just really admire? What's the ideal, like, oh, hmm. God, I would just couldn't pass this up, no matter what happens. There's so many that I couldn't pass up, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I love Bonnie Raitt. I think that would be, be just cool. amazing. Just seems like such a cool person, too. Same thing with Brandy Carlisle and, and um, yeah, Jason Isbell. Like, people that I, I really respect as people and also as, as musicians. I hope it happens for you. Me too. So your first album came out in 2009. Are we seven? Yeah. In? Seven in at this point? To, uh, what? Seven records in at this point from 2009? I think so. Yeah. Well, it, it depends if you if you include like the Christmas album and the covers album. You should. I think it's nine then. You should. Those Pretty are sure. albums you physically released. The covers yeah. album yeah. is the one called Forget Me Nots. And because yeah. this is a podcast that... We are all pretty uncertain what happens when we put a cover into a podcast. We know that the YouTube video that this will become is probably okay to put a cover into you, but the audio-only right. versions, which are on all the various platforms, yeah, nobody, pretty sure I can't do that. Nobody knows. I already paid for for those, but yeah. only in a certain usage. Right. So yeah. if you want to hear these, he's not going to do any of these today, and I do recommend them for sure. They will pop up on future and have already been on uh, the Acoustic Alternatives YouTube playlist if you're looking for a way to hear some of those in a random thanks for, way. Thanks for spinning them in. Uh, they're, they're definitely very uh, good interpretations. I like I like how you'd make them your own. You're writing more material. You, as, you, as you walked in and you were setting up, you're like, ah, I've been writing a lot. So when can we yeah. expect another album of originals? I know that's a pressure question that yeah. everybody probably asks. But. No, I mean, it's such a... I mean, I was talking to my manager about this. Like, music, new songs and great songs are the fuel of this whole career you know and more than ever you know as a dj and stuff like the the expectation to get new albums out is just nuts you know what yeah. i mean but i i love it um so i'm hoping that by the end of by the end of next year i can record um you know and get get an album out that i'm really proud of um would that be is it 2024 that sounds so far away Since 2022 you're thinking two years from now huh well I, uh, I maybe. guess the whole cycle of how it has to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm touring pretty solid like the rest of the year. I mean, I think I haven't counted. Maybe I have 80, 90 shows left. I mean, that's great. There's like 50 just overseas. It's 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 a little too much actually this year. But but I, you're making up for lost time. Yeah, I'm making up a lot a lot of lost time. And I know next year um, I'll probably take a few months off to write early in the year because you know songwriting just takes such. Um, it's true. It's ninety nine percent perspiration. You know, it's mm. it's such a craft. It's such a job. There, there's so much um, there's so much magic that goes into it. But but you have to be present for it. I think sometimes as music fans, which obviously I am one, we forget that being a musician is a job. It's your career. Yeah. So there's also kind of a business model involved in that. I, yeah. I know that the world in the musician world at least, got a pretty good boost when somebody came up with the idea of Patreon, which I know you're on. Yeah, yeah. How has that affected your ability to just go, okay, I'm all right. I don't have to be on the road every day. Yeah, it's been it's been really helpful. I actually, to be honest, like I went through a good few months where I just wanted to quit. Like, because I started in... Quit Patreon or quit music? Quit, oh, quit Patreon. Not music. <laughs> not, not music at all. Like Patreon, like doesn't didn't feel really really right to me and I don't like the I don't like the idea that maybe some fans I don't know if they would feel this way but maybe would feel second rate because they're not um, on patreon they're not one of the people that are you know supporting you every month I didn't I didn't like that I didn't 
I didn't also I also don't like the fact that that those people get a certain certain content that the others don't. That's what I don't like. But lately I've been getting over it by the fact that like you said it is a job and I can't release the new songs to the public yet. So it gives me like an opportunity to release this music Got to sneak and, them out a little bit, right? And get compensated for it, and yeah. I and that feels good to me because I'm, I'm working really hard, like at creating the music, and I feel like I'm giving value there, and it's okay if if people aren't on it, on that, that's totally okay. Um, but lately, I've been really excited about it because I because I do feel like I'm giving value. I think the thing that I didn't like about it was just feeling that people were just there to help me, and like that it, that I wasn't like. I always, I always gave content, but I, I had to change the way I thought about it. But it is helping. But it will, it, I, I need it to grow, but I also don't want to, I don't talk about it that much, you know, like okay. to my fans because I don't want, I don't want every newsletter to be about that. It's a different thing. And, and if somebody wants that extra content and wants to give me a little bit of money to, um, to hear these new songs I'm working really hard at, then I feel good about that now. You spend a lot of time on the road. Where is actually home? I hope it's not the car. It's a nice no. car. I mean, yeah, yeah, load, yeah. But... The new car. Yeah, the new used car. Yeah. Um, it's it's Stonington, Connecticut, which is just north of, of Mystic, Connecticut, and and uh, very close to Westerly, Rhode Island. It's this really special refuge, just mm. beautiful place to be, beautiful place to create. Um, there's a lot of solitude there, which I really, really enjoyed after many years in Nashville which to me is like the opposite of solitude. It's wonderful. It's like so much community and so much going on. And there was almost no escape from that, especially if I was touring and then I'd come back and it was just always so busy. So we, but I, you know, I'm, I'm from New England, so it, it's home. Yeah, feels like familiar, right? Yeah, yeah. So songwriting, I know that you've written songs that are personal and then you write, sure. you write character songs. How do you get into yeah. a character? What what kind of steps do you take in your mind? Do you like read a news story? Do you watch yeah. TV? I mean, where, where do you where do you get inspiration for a character? That's it's yeah. not you. All <laughs> different places. I mean, of course, reading is is so important. I always try to find more time to read. I don't read enough. I love reading. Um, you but, let people read to you while you're driving. That's the book on tape thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is good. It's yeah. it's good. It's not the same, but it's it's good. Um, but. I feel like with the character writing, like you really have to be able to get inside that character, and it's the same thing. It has to be your truth, you know, even if it's not your story. Mm-hmm. And um, that's because you're gonna sing it. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about. It. So it just can't be any character. And then of course, like the song, at the end of the day, you want to tell your truth, but only so you can connect to someone else's truth, you know, or else the song is worthless, you know, because I don't want it to just be for me. Yeah. And if yeah. people like it, you're gonna have to sing it over and over and have to believe it too. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It only feels really good when you feel like other people are connecting to it. What kind of song would you like to do next? A personal song or a character song? That's a good question. Let me look at this. Your list of potentials. Let me look at this list. <laughs> what can I do solo and acoustic? Well, I could do. Um, let me drop this D real quick. Uh, Will it hurt when you drop it? <laughs> Should I pick it up for you? It might if I can't if I can't get it in tune. Um, I guess I'll do a personal song. I feel like most of my songs are are personal, but I'm I'm glad. I'm really happy you brought up um, character songs too because I love them. You know, I love the people that do that well. Like 
you know Tom Waits and Randy Newman and Joni Mitchell and good uh, murder ballad never hurt anybody yeah so it's <laughs> that's why writing in this whole pursuit never gets never gets boring because there's just always so much more to do all right well what's the story on this song even if it is a personal story this is when we wonder since we've been talking so much about my family and and touring together with lily and jess and stuff this is a uh the the song of a, a a touring family but of course this was supposed to be released in in um march 2020 of course it was so like we we are or may 2020 so we like of course it didn't come out and and then i was like what are we going to do and and we wandered into so many different areas you know including patreon including making albums and all kinds of things the children's book and stuff so this this really uh, is more than just literal literal wandering Nobody knows that glint in your eyes You leave this home we built in a moment's time And sail away without knowing the wind But we may never have the chance again Don't it feel like we're finally found When we wander When we wander We always find our way somehow our own And everybody tells you how a flower is supposed to grow But I love the way you only listen to the stars And chart a course from the rhythm of a heart When we wander when we wander, don't it feel like we're finally found? When we wander, when we wander, we always find our way somehow. And we've seen things that can't be bought. Chose not to be afraid, but everything has its cost. But here I will remain where the wildest horses run, 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 run. When we wander, when we wander, don't it feel? 
like we're finally found When we wander When we wander We always find our way We always find our way We always find our way somehow When We Wander, the title track from the most recent album of original material from Jesse Terry on Acoustic Alternatives. I'm John Bomarito. Thanks for doing that one. I like that one quite a bit, and I'm glad it was one of the ones you chose to do. Thanks, I wasn't going to steer you in any direction. I know. You've been been—you've given me carte blanche here. I, you really... <laughs> I wanted you to represent yourself the way you wanted to represent yourself, not influence you in any way, shape, or form. So since that is the most recent album of original material, why did you decide to record it live in the studio as opposed to multi-tracking and everybody coming to do your part when you have time. What, yeah, what good, was the choice? Good question, man. Um, yeah, the, my producer, Nielsen Hubbard, is a dear friend. We've made a bunch of records together, and he just he's made some great records. He, um, he, uh, he's made a bunch for uh, Mary Gaucher recently and Kim Ritchie and Amy Spies, and I just really trust him. And, um, and he, he just came up to me and he said, man, I think you're, I think you're ready. You know, I think you can do this now. And I, I really think... You know, and he said, "I think you'll really love what it does to the recording, what it does to the the feeling, the emotion of the album." And um, I think he was right. It was one of the most exciting, you know, musical experiences I've had. After, of course, being nervous at the start, but like when you're in good hands like that, and you can hear everything so perfectly, and the band was just unbelievable. It was. That's how the Beatles did it, right? Right. Yeah. 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 They did. Yeah. 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 Are you singing? Beatles Lots songs of takes, though. I mean, like, yeah, we only I did don't. like. I think like Nielsen's also a very like he doesn't he doesn't beat things he doesn't beat things to death forever. Like, if you don't get it in four takes, he kind of says, "Let's come back tomorrow," which hardly ever happens, you know. And the the Beatles, I, I've heard they do like you know, take seventy six. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we weren't there, but there are recordings of those things. Yeah, which they, is amazing. They exist. Well, yeah. Yeah pretty amazing uh would you do that again would you go back and do another album that same way i'd love to i'd love to do it in in both ways again i mean the the there are pros to cons to everything so when you when you're doing live recording you know you're really prioritizing that emotion and and how you'd actually sing it at a live show um but you can't since you are playing and singing at the same time you can't record the guitar quite as well um so I'd love to do all kinds of, you know, I, I think everything works as long as the the songs are great and, the you know, the passion is there, you know. But yes, I would. Yeah. Well, I'm holding two physical CDs. Uh, we know that there's vinyl in, in that case over there. There is, yeah. Uh, me, my, my introduction to the music industry was working in a record store in 1985, and then CDs came along during the time I worked at a record store. Yeah. CDs have gone away, kind of. A little bit. Vinyl made a resurgence, which I never saw coming. Yeah. You have a choice as an artist releasing music. You still choose to release physical media. I thank you for that because yeah. I still have a CD player in my car, though it's not working well. Right. I know <laughs> most cars are not putting them in there anymore, but why? What What is your reasoning for putting it out on a physical media instead of sticking to a digital-only format, which, to me, if you do, I'm probably going to not ever play it. I just won't remember I have it. That's right. the problem for me. Right, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, 
Well, we still sell them. You know, like I think like I think some you know I'm pretty sure some people don't even have CD players to buy them. They just they want to support and also they want something signed. Um, Yeah, so we still sell them. Not as not as much, of course. Um, And yeah, I I love the physical album. I love I love doing liner notes. I love I love all that that stuff. You know, and and not everyone's going to buy a record. And also records are just so expensive to make. You know. Yeah, and buy. Yeah. And buy, yeah. You were saying you have a, a pretty good vinyl collection in your apartment, but you don't get to crank it up as much as you'd like to feel the warmth. And yeah. I get it. I mean, I do understand the difference Neighbors, in yeah. the warmth of a turntable versus a CD. The yeah. convenience of a CD will always get me. The what? The convenience. Yeah. Oh, it's a great format. I hope that it's kind of like vinyl and makes a resurgence. I you have know a lot of mean? them, so I hope so as well. Otherwise, yeah. I'm sitting on a pile of silver. Yeah, hold on, hold on to them, you know. I, I, I have no choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it really is a good... It's a great format, you know, my, as opposed to the cassette that maybe is not quite as good. <laughs> my memory of being like excited about the arrival was, oh my god, I'll have to listen to the crackle and the pop at the beginning of the record, right? Or the middle of the song, and like that—that that always annoyed me as like listening in the headphones and hearing that crackle, crackle, crackle. I know it's, yeah. there's a there's a charm to it at this point. There's a thing to that, yeah. Yeah, but for me, it was like, oh, how many times did I return an album because it sounded like it was all scratched up and I just bought it? You know? Right. I was picky about that even as a kid, so. Definitely, but I, again, it, it seems like it, it's a tough choice to make. Uh, Griffin House, recent guest on the, on the podcast, his newest album, which I'm in one of the songs, he didn't put out physically. It's his first non-physical release that I know of. Really? Okay, I love I, Griffin. And yeah. why, why are we going that way? Uh, you guys are still kind of, you guys are in, in sort of in the same camp. You're playing the same kinds of rooms, right? And it, to me, it makes sense. I come to you after the show. You have yeah. something to sign. It's it's a calling card. It may not I make feel you like a ton in, of money, but yeah, in this genre, like you know, Americana folk, I still think it makes sense and now it's a little hard to make like like i'm almost out of that natural album i only have like 10 cds left and um, well, i have one are you gonna repress and it? you That's have one and I, I mean but because i spend so much like that one has a, a booklet um because i spend so much on the packaging like and it doesn't really make sense to order 200 or 500 so it's hard to order a thousand right now but uh and expensive there's always but the, i probably will there's always the reordering this like slimline version where it's just in a sleeve yeah. with artwork but just yeah. like just the cover art and the back art and you don't have the full I, obviously I prefer yeah. this too I like you I like to look at the like listening as a kid to my records lying on my bed I was reading the liner notes and staring at the cover and, yeah yeah that's yeah. The, part of the experience but totally at this point if you're just having them to have them at shows and you still want something for people to buy then yeah you know repress it in the thin slide in sleeve only I guess yeah, it's probably that's what my manager says too. I don't think I can do it, but yeah, well, yeah. I, respect, I respect that actually. I respect that you you value this as not only music, but it's art. Yeah, and people pay good money for it, yeah. so yeah, I'll probably just bite the bullet and and you know, and pray they uh, make a resurgence. Maybe wait. <laughs> so the album that uh, I've held up, held up a couple times, the Forget Me Nots record, which is a covers album, one volumes one and two, originally available first through your Patreon, is available at shows now. Too? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been out for a little while now. And um, yeah, that's been a lot of that was a lot of fun too. Another really immersive experience during lockdown, where I was able to you know I had I had some fans who um, funded that the recording, and it was just really amazing. And that came from playing all these cover songs at my my live streams, you know. So it's really cool how these things happen. And it's a good variety of well the kind of music you've probably listened to your whole life you got your Joni Mitchell on here yeah. Tom Petty Crowded House Coldplay is in there I mean it's a good it's a good yeah. cross section of things Gershwin Gershwin of course <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are all great songs 
I was reading a little bit uh, of an article that a bluegrass situation spoke to you about your pure 70s troubadour gold mixtape. Oh, right, yeah, I'm yeah. giving you props for putting Elton John's Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's and wondering why you didn't cover it, actually. Oh, I know. That was on my list. But you yeah. didn't. Goodbye, Olympic Road instead, which I like. But if yeah. I was picking my favorite Elton song, actually, I think I would go, like, all-time favorite song. It's either Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding, or Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. So yeah. Well, I know. Really I know. I, I heard that the other day. Um, I think Marin Morris covered it. Did a really cool job. I think I, I want to say it was Marin Morris. And um, I was like, man, that was on my list. You know, I got to make another album or another double album someday. Yeah, <laughs> you also had uh, Kenny Loggins' uh, Danny song on there, which is another classic for me in my lifetime. Just one that I, I always loved. And Forget Me Nuts? Uh, in the list on the bluegrass. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Things, things that were like, oh, in yeah, your, in yeah. Your mixtape. Totally. totally. And again, I'm wondering why didn't you do that one? <laughs> that yeah. Well, that, w- that fell into like, I had a, a very strict, like, no James Taylor, no Kenny Loggins, no like Neil Young, like because they're too similar. Yeah, they're too similar, okay. and I just feel like then it becomes more of like a, it feels like more of a bar gig to me. You know what I mean? Okay. Then like interpreting, like it wasn't, it was very challenging. I just don't, I don't know if you're gonna like beat those versions with a similar kind of arrangement. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, why, and I why, co- why cover it if you're doing it the same? Exactly. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to change. A James Taylor. I can't. I can't hear James Taylor really in many other ways. You know, in my head. It's already perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Over the years, you've also collaborated with somebody who I admire from having worked with Vienna Tang, Alex Wong. Yeah. For the collaboration record, is that something you would do again with Alex? Is he somebody you still keep in touch with? Yeah. Yeah. He's a friend. Yeah. I mean, that that came from just writing one song, and then we were so passionate about the to- the topic that we turned it into like a theme EP. And it's 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 cool that you brought that up because like um, you know the e- I've made a few EPs in my career, and they kind of get, you know, they they're easy to they're easier to forget because they're not you know what I mean, and they don't get the same push and everything. Yeah, I agree. So um, I love that EP that I did with Alex, and I actually I really need to dig out some of those songs. Yeah, I, I imagine those are fun to play. I yeah, he's probably pretty great to work with. I got to meet him a couple of times when yeah. I interviewed uh, Vienna back in the day. Yeah, he's so creative. I really love his production on one of Ari Hest's record as well. So he's, yeah. he's got a really nice touch for just being able to like make somebody sound a certain way. Yeah, he's got a really special like brain when it comes to producing and arranging. I oh, think. I know you love your producer that you worked with, but who who would you like have on a dream team producer list? Well, I mean, every, I love what Dave Cobb's doing with so many people, but that's very similar. I feel like to what Nielsen is doing right now is just getting great people in a room that really fit the songs and that love each other and love the producer and kind of letting them play, you know? And, and, and so I, I, I feel like that's very similar. Um, I'm trying to think, I, I love T-Bone Burnett mm. and I just love like, I love the rhythms that he gets and like the percussion and the drums and his, his, um, his stuff always feels very, um, I don't want to say sparse, but he doesn't put too much stuff on it. And, you know, one thing I learned from Nielsen, too, is, like, the less sounds you have on a track, the bigger each sound is. And I feel like with TiVo, and you're, like, you hear, like, that floor tom, and you're just like, oh, my God, that's that's the best-sounding floor tom I've ever heard, you know, next to Alison Krauss and Robert Plant singing. It's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be an interesting combination you being produced by him. I mean, I yeah. I, I expected you to say Jeff Lynn, which would be an interesting way to... Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 
I, yeah. I can't imagine what it would sound like. I'm not sure it would be genuine to your sound because he has a he right. has a stamp. <laughs> yeah, he does it, but it's always I always love those records he makes. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, have, I love Flaming Pie by McCartney that he did. Like, a lot of people don't talk about that album, but I love that and the Orbison stuff and all the stuff he did. It's got a certain sound, but it always feels good to me, you know? Well, did you pick up any new skills during the pandemic when you were stuck at home a little bit more? Anything that you uh, were able to Just the master? children's book thing, like that. And yeah, and recording. I, I didn't know how to record before the pandemic, and I did all of the recording for a double Christmas album and a double covers album. So that was a big, that was a big one. I didn't write during the pandemic because I was so busy recording and surviving and, and the live streams were such a huge thing, you know? You had to learn that. Learning all the songs. Like every time someone tipped me, I'd, I'd learn them a song, you know? Nice. Which is a cool way to, I think, kind of give back. And, um, it kept everything really fresh. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's do one more song, and then I'll, yeah. uh, I'll let you get on your merry way for the day. What would you like to close with? Uh, maybe uh, this song, Noise. Um, I wrote this a long time ago with a dear friend named Michael Logan. I like his stuff. Do you like Mike? Oh, he's never been Michael? here that I know of. I, I know his stuff because I, I, I purchased some of it, but I don't, I don't think he's ever made it to Michigan for a show that I know of. He's great. Such a cool guy, too. We've toured like the UK together and we've been been through a lot of stuff together. Bring, bring him up here. I'd love to. But we wrote this song like early on, you know, and, and I still play it almost every night. And um, it's the only song from that era that I play every night. I imagine every songwriter has one. <laughs> yeah. Ones that stick with them. A pleasure to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me. Well, I can't hear the song birds singing or the church bells ringing. Cause without your sweet voice. All the world is noise And as I watch the children playing I can't hear what they're saying Cause without your sweet voice All the world is noise And if I ever hear your voice again maybe on some clear and holy morning I will close my eyes and take it in but until then until then well I will watch the lovers dancing but I won't hear them without your sweet voice all the world is noise and 
And if I ever hear your voice again Maybe on some clear and holy morning I will close my eyes and take it in But until then, until then Well, I won't hear the rain start its drumming streets could all be flooded but without your sweet voice all the world is noise all the world is noise definitely a keeper oh thank you i mean i know know it already is because you've been playing it for (laughs) (laughs) but yes beautiful song and that has staying power thank you thank you very much for your time and opening up your heart to stories about yourself and your songs and uh, playing for me yeah thank you it's a it's a joy it's a joy for me too that's why i do it (laughs) thanks to grove studios who are excellent hosts of this podcast Uh, check them out online if you're looking for a place to do a podcast they've been gracious to me and uh, I want to definitely uh, tell more people about this space. If you're a musician, DJ, or podcaster, this is a place that you want to look them up and go, yeah, I could do my thing there for sure. Mm-hmm. Jesse, good luck on the road out there. And uh, I know our paths will cross again sometime soon. Thanks so much, John. My pleasure. Have a great day. <laughs>